Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Well, hello and welcome to this special episode of Healing the Whole Person today. Um, Susie McGinn, if you're listening, I think she deserted us, Father. She's in Florida sunning herself while we're working here in uh, freezing cold Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) So, Susie, we want to shout it out to you. I'm your host with uh, three other hosts trying to fill those big shoes of Susie, uh, Angela Tomlinson. And with us in the studio is Patricia Berktold. Tom McWiggan and Ian Oakley. And our um, host this hour, our guest, is Father Robert Sears, SJ. Father Sears is the past president of ACT Heals, an association of healthcare providers who bring Jesus' healing to healthcare. How beautiful is that? A former professor of the Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University in Chicago. Father Sears is a much-in-demand spiritual director, counselor, retreat presenter, and writer on various aspects of healing. He's considered the foremost authority, at least we know that he is, on uh, the family system and healing the family system. And Father Sears, it's such a privilege to have you on WSFI every month. So thank you so much for taking time to join us. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, <clears throat> continue a, a process that I've been giving on the spiritual gifts. Uh, the spiritual gifts are from Isaiah 11, 2 to 3, and uh, they're wisdom and understanding, and we've considered those in the first two episodes, and today is counsel, and then counsel goes with strength or fortitude, and then knowledge and piety and fear of the Lord. So these gifts were actually possessions of the anointed one, Jesus, as is indicated in Isaiah 11. And we share them with Jesus. So they are given to us at our baptism to live in this world from God's point of view. Healing itself, we're always talking about healing, means to make whole. And our wholeness ultimately, and from God's point of view, is to restore us to what Adam and Eve were before they sinned. That's a big offer. (laughs) And so it'll probably take us a whole life to get even to understand it somewhat. But So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are essential for us to do that, to live God's love in our fallen world. And we spoke of wisdom, the gift of seeing the world from God's point of view, to manifest ourselves as God's love. And then we spoke of understanding, the gift of grasping the interrelationship of all the divine gifts in light of God. So this time we're considering something more practical, actually doing it. And the, the gift of counsel is related to that. It's related to the virtue of prudence And it's a divine gift for judging how best to act in a given situation. That's what James said. If we just think and don't do, we can't really be carrying out what Jesus said. So we have to do it, and we need God's gift and guidance to do it. Jesus told his disciples, for example, when when they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. 
You will be given at that moment what you are to say, for it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So he expected us to, in a sense, always be guided by the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, when I was thinking of this particular gift, one of the people that I uh, <clears throat> see and uh, direct teaches fourth graders who've come from many different problems and de demands on her attention, as you might guess. These are not necessarily the highest grade. These are people that have difficulties in their families, etc. And she used to, they used to get on her nerves, and sometimes she would get anxious and angry and then respond in unloving ways, which she really felt sorry about. And so when she began to trust Jesus that was with her, and that she wasn't alone in doing that, she found that she knew how to respond, and she felt the day went so much easier that she could see how they needed God's love, and some of them began to be attracted to her to get God's love. <laughs> had some further <clears throat> complications that she had to deal with. So that's a story of many parents, I'm sure, that <clears throat> could relate to, because don't you have your children and are threatened sometimes by their questions or responses? I believe we're all schooled to try to save such situations ourselves instead of relying on God's guidance. So from the stories of Jesus' life, we see how he was really guided by the Spirit, really in all things. So when the Pharisees and Herodians tried to trap him by saying, you know, is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not, any answer he gave would put him in danger of either rejecting Rome or sliding Jewish opposition to Rome. And Jesus saw through their trap and he asked them, show me the coin that pays the census tax. Whose image and inscription is that? Caesar's, they said. Therefore render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. They were amazed <laughs> and so was I when I saw that answer. <laughs> and they went away. So he answered just in that short phrase, you might say, the whole position of the church regarding the relation of church and state. <laughs> We're to pray for our civil leaders, for they have God's authority to bring peace in our country. As Jesus told Pilate, you would have no authority over me whatever were it not given you from above. And we're to pray for our church leaders, for they are given authority <clears throat> to guide us according to church teachings. Apart from those goals, they have no authority, for all authority comes from God for our good. And you know, Father Sears, what struck me when you were saying that is people assume that because someone has authority over you that that means that they're more competent or they're, mm -hmm. they're um, but a lot of times... It isn't always true. <laughs> it isn't, no, it isn't always true, is it? Especially with lay people being so educated nowadays, and they're all educated in theology as well as in, you know, other practical things in politics or whatever. So everybody has a right to develop their own position and contribute it for what the good that they can bring, because God given everybody a gift for the building up of the body of Christ. But it seems like so that's it, where the um, spirit of pride, like you see even in our government, 
that you have people yes. that think they know better than their bosses, so they are there to make their bosses look bad or undermine or um, literally take over things they won't defer. They will not defer to the people in charge because they think they'll outweigh him or outlive him. Or um, or in, in work, I used to be the president of a couple companies, and, you know, certainly I wasn't the yeah, smartest that's, that's person. Sure, yeah. Go ahead, Father. So you're, you're showing the importance of, uh, of submission to authority, and that's very true. I mean, in other words, if we don't have a unified uh, authority, then people don't know what, what to follow or how to choose. And so it, it's really important, but it's also important the other way that the authorities listen to the, the wisdom of their, you know, the people that they're uh, using. Because there needs to be unity in the uh, in the governing uh, principle. Yeah, so their authority so will be short-lived. Their authority will be short-lived yeah. if they're not taking advantage of all of the gifts that, that God gave them. But I, as you were saying, I think one of the enlightenment came to me when I was reading that, that God's grace flows through that authority, mm -hmm. whether it's the parents to the children. You know, sometimes the children are rebellious yes, children. Right. But God has put right. their parents and in now, nowadays the parents need to be encouraged because they are responsible for the education of their children and oftentimes the schools at least public schools are not training them well so the, the parents have a big uh, responsibility there to make sure that the, you know the children are getting the truth in there that's that's a concern to and continue excuse me go ahead did you have something yeah i was going to say feather there was a little bit of some audio difficulties but it seems to have cleared up if it's if it continues uh, continue and then if this if it's still having difficulty in the transmission we'll take our break a little early and uh try to reconnect oh. with you but but do continue please i'm sorry So I was just coming back to Jesus that when the woman, remember, that was taken in adultery uh, came and uh, the Pharisees wanted to test him again. He said, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? And again, Jesus simply didn't say anything. He went down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And then he said, let the one who's without sin cast the first stone. And they went away, beginning from the elders. He was listening. <laughs> it was the Father, Spirit always uh, guiding him. Yes. Mm. Has anybody ever surmised what Jesus was writing uh, on the ground? Well, I suspect that he was uh, kind of writing whatever reminded these people of their sins. <laughs> At least the Holy Spirit was revealing it to them while he was writing. <laughs> you know, Maybe people's Because names. they went away beginning with the elders. <laughs> the elders had more of a history. <laughs> and, and before you go on, you originally said at the beginning that the gifts were given to us at baptism, and I wondered if there might be um, an explanation necessary for what happens at confirmation. Well, they're they're confirmed in confirmation, yes, because that's the witness, especially in in a world that isn't following, namely the Lord. So they need a special gift of uh, you know wisdom, you might say, or counsel in how to act in a world 
in a loving way but also in a truthful way so it's kind of like it's it's not easy to do sometimes even in our own families how to respond in certain situations you know so it's so, a, a confirmation for the child to know that yes okay. confirmation is when is really like the continuation or confirmation of baptism actually and so it strengthens us for our witness in the world that's really why it's called confirmation you know we usually get a slap in the face or something like that <laughs> a little <laughs> little one from the bishop yeah to mm-hmm. show us that this isn't necessarily going to be easy all the time you know <laughs> hey you know father i just want to jump in so susie is actually listening to the show in florida and she just texted mm-hmm. me to say that even jesus you know that jesus himself when he was um, seeking what to do, he would pray asking for his father's authority. So even Jesus was yes. seeking authority over what he did. The import- I think yes. it's just a trait that's lost in our culture today. We live in such a rebellious culture that we don't really, like when we grew up, my mother would I'd say, why should I do that? And she'd say, because I said so. Like, yes, right. You know, <laughs> that, that, that maintaining... Yeah, well, nowadays, I think it's, it's important to listen to the children, but also to give the reasons for... Yes. When, when we can, and then when they're old enough to make their own decisions, to challenge them to make their own decisions, because they're going to have to respond to God, not to you, what they choose. And that makes... I remember when uh, Ruth Carter Stapleton said when... When her girl was 15, she wanted to know whether she could go to a beach party or not. And and uh, Ruth, by that time, had been convinced that they needed to learn how to make their decisions. She says, well, what do you think? And she said, well, you mean you'd let me go if I thought I should? Yes, if you have to respond to God about your decision. So she she went and prayed about it and came back, and I don't think I should go. Oh. <laughs> and, that- she, and she didn't go. That's the better you know, path, Father. That is the better path. That was very path, wise. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really, once we are guided in those situations, then it, it takes away our anxiety if we really realize we're, we're somewhat, you know, kind of the Lord's put it on our hearts to do a certain thing. And I I remember, you know, a lot in counseling, I do a lot of counseling and spiritual guidance of people, and I always pray before a session that our Lord would be our guide. For as Jesus said to his disciples, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. So often I experience that God's gifts he gifts me with experience and insight about something before the person comes that needs it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's as though he's preparing me, you know, to understand that particular issue from what I have experienced in my own self. For example, my experience of that I repeated several times that not to be a burden in the womb, which I began to realize when I was 42, <laughs> <laughs> and let go of the decision. And then I realized when I was 85, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was still protecting my mother from me by trusting in God. So I was using God as a support, so I wouldn't need a mother in a sense, you know. But I realized also that was making me think that I was be able to help other people beyond what was really reasonable. And I was losing money in a scam that was helping. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said, Lord, this is expensive. What are you trying to teach me? And what came to me is that 
I shouldn't be resisting anybody. I should just be letting him guide me. And so I should be letting myself be a burden for my mother because it was God's decision to put me in that womb. It was his problem. I thought of Mary, for example. She never did explain to Joseph that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She was willing to let whatever happened happen. Joseph was ready to leave, and then the angel came and told him, "Don't you know? Don't worry. Take Mary as your mother. You're to name Jesus. You know, Jesus, you know." So she didn't step in where she realized it wasn't her responsibility. That was God's responsibility because He's the one that started it, and it's mysterious, and only He could really explain it or say it in the right way, you know. And I think that's important for all of us to realize that whatever happens in our life is really from God, and he means it for our good. I want to just give an, another uh, example that occurred to me while I was thinking about this. There's a book by Byron, Byron Katie, it's actually a woman's name, Loving What Is. It struck me as very wise when I read it. Byron Katie, a woman was so depressed that she was bedridden for several months and finally decided to get help from an eating disorder clinic that she could get insurance for. <laughs> so they put her in the upper room because her anger attacks were dis you know, disturbing people and she slept on the floor because she felt unworthy of the bed. And then one day she woke from her floor bed with the awareness that it was her way of looking at life that was debilitating her and when she returned home her Jesus and Jesus gives everything back and that's why there's one God and they both together give everything to the Holy Spirit and that's why they're fruitful that's why if parents don't love them, each other in God's love they can't love unconditionally because they're always going to be forced in some way or another to get that partnering somewhere else because the, the, the partner isn't infinite. <laughs> the partner alone can't be loving unconditionally. The only way that marriage will really work permanently is if people go through a stage of disillusionment with each other and re-ground re their relationship in God. They might do that actually beforehand, so they just get disillusioned with life <laughs> and have chosen the partner because of God, then, then they don't have to go through disillusionment. Because, but otherwise, they have to go through disillusionment because the, <clears throat> the marriage itself is meant to give grace, and that means God's love, not just human love, right. because it's a sacrament. Mm -hmm. And only if they're living in God's grace can that happen. So that, this is a case of it's true whether you like it or not. So I, I like to build my uh, understanding of what's going to heal us on that kind of a truth. It's true whether you like it or not. You know, This is true whether you like it or not. And we are being restored into what we would have been if Adam and Eve had not sinned whether we like it or not. <laughs> we might think, well, that's too high a goal. Well, it isn't if, if we let Jesus do it in us, but it is if we try to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we were never supposed to do it by ourselves. You know? So it isn't the way God sees it. 
it is the way we see it. It's too much. But then who has to change? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the rock. (laughs) (laughs) In other words, it's just true. And it will always be true, and no matter what we do about it, it will always be true. If we don't put God first, we won't ever be whole. Period. Wow! Thanks so much, Father. It, it, it so just, true. And you see, it's so true. That's like you just turn on the Excuse television. Me? I said, well, "Go ahead, Ian. Do you want to say something?" I was going to say that is so true, and I can remember when I actually came to that understanding years and years ago, and I've stayed with it. I put God first, then myself, to, so I would. If I didn't take care of myself, I wouldn't be worth anything to anybody else. And then right, I right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then In other I, words, the first healing is of, of you, and all you can do is model the solution. Yeah. You can't give it if you haven't lived it. Right. So when God gives me people to, to heal, and if it isn't working, I ask, Lord, Lord, what is it in me that isn't healed that this isn't working? Yeah. It's not in the other person. If I were living it, it they would be getting it. So he gives me these people to show me what's missing in me. So that's 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 fine. That's wonderful. Yeah, wow. I don't resist that. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, and sometimes he gives us our kids, you know, the one that we can't deal with, uh, revealing us to ourselves. That's what I find with some families, you know. No, all of them, really. Yeah, I was going to say. Because where would the kid picked up that attitude if it wasn't from you? <laughs> it was from the other side of the house. It's either you or your husband, but you picked your husband, you know. <laughs> so you did it for some purpose, and they re- repeat things that you've picked up from your parents, etc. Yeah. So That's nothing right. is by accident. You no. mean me being the stone around my mother's neck? Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, it's nothing to blame because we're all in the same boat. It's just that to be wise, to know what we're supposed to learn, that's all. Because God only does it out of love. He's not trying to blame us. But you know, Father, I think he, a lot of the abortions that happen today are because of the reason that you just said. You know, like you, you, what you were going through that whole um, scenario that you felt like you'd be a burden to your mother and you were picking up the fact that she felt that you'd be a burden to her mother when really you probably end up being one of her best blessings. Yes. It's just... Yes, it's, I'm, I, I think it is. I mean, it has been for me. <laughs> uh-huh. And for her, too. I mean, what she, what she watch how you've, what you've done and all the lives that you've healed, that God's used you to heal and I change. I haven't. Jesus does, but he does it through me because mm-hmm. he's shown me that this had to get healed in me. Once it gets healed in us by Jesus, he can work through us forever, whoever he brings to us. Yep. It shows how wrong we are. <laughs> How wrong we can be, our worst fears can be our biggest our biggest blessing. The things we fear the most sometimes can be the the biggest blessing if we let it go through. If we let Amen. it go through. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much and we'll see you soon. God bless you. Okay. Bye bye. God bless you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. I can get you that healing wow. prayer for the family tree. And What's that? that? 
because they pay for all of your final expenses. Do you have plans to retire someday or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to Healing the Whole Person with Father Robert Sears, SJ, and we have a studio audience here, and Father is talking. He's been walking us through um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and today we're talking about the gift of counsel. So, Father, before we resume, we have a number of prayer requests. What's the best way to do this? I think I reviewed some of them before the show, but how would you like to do this, Father? Uh, well, we could just go through the, the list of them if you want, and I sure. might not have all of them uh, correct now, but let me <clears throat> let me give the ones that are clear to me. That There's an Anthony Mayo that he asked that he would uh, have prayer for an anxiety disorder and OCD that's making me not live for God, but it's tormenting him and his family. So when we're worried about the future, it's because we're trying to control it. So we really need to grow in trust of God because he sees the future already and he's not anxious. <laughs> and so that gift of, uh, you might say, accepting whatever happens and then asking God to show you what he are to learn from it is really all that we can do. And it's love that ultimately gives us that peace. And so let me just pray for Anthony, Lord, that you would give him the trust in you, that you care for him, and that if he would release it to you, you would take care of it. He could email me if he wants, and I will send him a prayer of releasing things to Jesus that uh, Jesus wants us to grow in. And my email is rtsears at gmail.com. And Father, we'll hold off on the last names because some people, when they communicate to us, they'll say they want to be anonymous and others don't. So um, I know some of them, you might okay. have their last names, but it's but he was fine. But I'm just saying. Um, That's fine. I was just so looking quickly through the list. The next one is Julian. Yes. And uh, Julian asked us to pray for restoration and healing of his mother, Rosie, and her man, her husband. They needed to be refreshed and love rekindled. So, Lord, we ask that you really bless them and let their love be rekindled. Let them see, Lord, that they are committed to each other, and even if they have their faults, which we all do, they're staying in the relationship. And as people stay in relationship, you can deepen their love. And so we let it be your love working through them. Amen. And then we have John, and he has a healing, and I forgot exactly what the specific healing was, but we want to pray for that, Lord, that whatever John is praying for, that healing would be given to him in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Kathleen is praying for her family, and for his family, the family's own needs, we pray for that, Lord, because that's what you have made us in the image of your divine family, the Trinity. 
And so you want us to have that love, and we ask that the Trinity's love would flow into Kathleen's family and all the other families and mothers that we have. Betty is praying for her mother, and we ask, Lord, that you bless Betty's mother. And Lou and Ann, we're going to have oral surgery coming up, and so we ask that you bless them, Lord, and bless the doctors in their service because you've given the gifts of healing to people, and we honor that. And Kevin, we would pray for the lymphoma that he has and that the Lord would bring about a healing of the cancer. Whatever is behind that cancer, Lord, the healing of his spirit too, that might be at the root of the cancer. And then there's, uh, I think it's Mary. Yes. Has a hip surgery coming up, and we pray for her in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Eileen, who has uh, high blood pressure, and uh, we pray for her, Lord, that she would let go of some of that stress and let your love come in to give her inner peace so that her blood pressure can can re- come back to normal. Thank you, Lord. And Jerry, we pray for his back operation that's coming up and for Tom, who also has a back operation coming up. Lord, you know, when people have back operations, I always, uh, <clears throat> you know, with any illness, I ask what Lord is teaching us through that. And oftentimes backs we're taking on burdens that really are beyond what we're supposed to be carrying and so if that's true lord we just ask that you would help them to realize that you'll help them with those burdens that they do are taking on to themselves if that's the case and then that you will help their backs then not to have to carry on that strain and for paul who died suddenly and for the family that that they would be healed in the grieving <clears throat> we all have to die of course and we really need to trust that God is taking us at the right moment and will take care of both the person who has died and those that are, are left to work through the, the grieving process and then we have Jay who has a non-malignant <clears throat> growth that we're praying for him and John, also who, another person who's died, and Heidi, who uh, has her eyes are swollen. Lord, we just ask that, that you would help her if there's anything that she's to learn from the eyes being, uh, is there something that, that she needs to see so that she can uh, enter into the fullness of that healing, Lord? because you are the light of the world. And for Martin, his multiple sclerosis, we ask that you would heal him and open him, Lord, to to your peace, which then, the hardening oftentimes is, again, there might be some anger or things that are behind that hardening that also need to be looked at. So we're not just the physical because God sees us as a whole person. We are embodied spirits. And so the spirit needs to be healed also oftentimes. And so Jeanette and brain aneurysm and her daughter, Lord, just as for healing for them. And for anybody else, Lord, that 
is needs healing we just extend that blessing to them and may your healing go out from here in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen thank you lord lord as we said in the beginning your healing is ultimately to restore us to what we would have been if adam and eve hadn't sinned <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that's a big order but it means that we're living your love and in part of that living your love means that we are gifted by your spirit and by these gifts of the holy spirit to really know what your love would be in any particular situation or at least have an intimation because we often don't know it explicitly it just might be a spontaneous idea that comes to us and we can act on it so we give you thanks lord and if there's any other issues that you'd like to bring up today feel free to uh anoint us to think about it and to to give it some reflection one of the things that we do have issues with is you know when we take too much responsibility for things like parents who do have children and the children are not you know uh, doing what we think they ought to be doing is it's very important to realize that your children as i mentioned with the example of uh, the woman whose daughter, uh, you know, wanted to know whether she could go to the beach party or not. The children we are old enough to make their own decisions, and they need to know that those decisions are not. They can't kind of call on anybody else to hide behind them if they've made a decision. They're going to be responsible before God for their decisions. And so I think it's the the role of the parents at some point to realize that they're responsible and ultimately the parents are not without fault. We're all affected by original sin, so nobody has perfect parents. And the ultimate healing is to get new parents. That's what God did. He gave us Mary on the cross of Jesus as our mother because she's the mother of everybody who keeps the commandments of God and witnesses to Jesus as Revelations 12:17 says. And so basically she's the new Eve and she's without sin. So in order to restore us to be without sin, Jesus has given us a new mother. But we can't just have Mary be our mother because we'll feel like we're abandoning our biological mothers then. We have to realize that the only good thing we can do for our mothers is to model the solution. And it's really the only good thing we can do for our children too. What you can do is ask yourself what the children need and then ask God to give it to you. Let you grow in that particular gift. If it's growth in faith, then let your faith grow so you become peaceful and that you become very grateful for that gift. And that will flow out to them whether you won't have to teach them or tell them what to do you'll be modeling it and they'll want to know what to do so those are some really thoughts of general interest but anything else that you can think of that you'd like to bring up that would be very good father i think it was really helpful that uh those five questions if you want to walk us through that again so if our listeners could just kick back right now and if you just relax and Father, yeah, you the, had the, the five Okay, so you, you, people could ask themselves, if you could think of a, an issue that you have that that uh, you could put into these five questions. They're, they're very simple. And the, the, the 
the format for these five questions, which are actually six questions, because well, you get to the five, turning it around becomes a, a, a kind of a, a puzzling one. But anyway, the resources for that is again from her website, www.thework.com, and she has even lists of feelings and things like that, other helps to get at what these might be. But just think for a moment what issue you might have that you're really upset with. It's, it's a situation that you want, you don't think it's love. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and you're, you're fighting reality, in other words. You're not loving what is. And so these are questions to help you to realize that God doesn't let anything happen that isn't, he doesn't mean to bring good out of. So an example, Father, So number one a, is what, I'm what sorry. Uh, <clears throat> is the, is it true what you're mad about? <laughs> mm-hmm. So say in this case, the examples I was Is listening, it true? I was listening to a man say that he felt just overwhelmed you know, the responsibility of providing for his family and everything that was going on. So let's okay. take that example. So I feel o- somebody overwhelmed. overwhelmed. So is that true? It mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. But maybe the, the being overwhelmed is, is a reminder that you're not supposed to be doing it alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're supposed to be getting help. See, sometimes we are overwhelmed. In other words, it's not as though, like, for example, I was no solution to my mother's problem. <laughs> But I didn't know that for 85 years. (laughs) In other words, I was overwhelmed. And that's why I thought I I wasn't going to be able to do anything very well because I couldn't even make my mother happy, you know. Because children have an invisible loyalty for their parents. If they can't resolve the parents' problems, and they can't, they're simply going to continue the problems if they keep trying. And so they the very thing we try to do we are actually causing the opposite so I was actually making myself a burden by saying I won't be a burden (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I was isolating myself and not getting help and so now I felt like I couldn't do anything right you know Mm -hmm. and so you can see how we get trapped with our own thinking so let's say the person is overwhelmed and you say okay is that true well if it is true Okay, is it, could it possibly be true? Not really, because God would never give us something that he didn't give us the resources to deal with. That wouldn't be uh, good, wise, would it? So it is true, though, that you can't, that some things you can't deal with without God's help, and that's, that's a grace, because then you're going to be turned back to God, which is what he wanted to do in the first place, you know. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve were living out of the divine will before they sinned. That's what we're being restored to. So sometimes he gives us things that we think are over our head. So if it's true, if it is true, then can I accept it? But it's not true absolutely because God is will always help us to do whatever he gives us to do. So the second is, are you absolutely serious to? No, not as a truth, not as an absolute truth. So how do you feel when you think that you get overwhelmed? I can't do anything because I just feel hopeless, you know. Okay, how would I feel if I didn't think that way? Well, I would, I would, I would relax. (laughs) I'd say, well, maybe I can't do it today, but I get it, I'll get it sometime, you know. 
or whatever, you know, because in other words, you'd know if God is uh, backing it up that he's going to give you the resources when it's right to deal with it. So you won't be overwhelmed by it. And so then you could see that how do I think if I didn't, you know, if I didn't think that way, you know, I'd feel a lot better. And so you'd be more peaceful. So again, you'd turn it around and you'd say, I, well, I can't do it alone. Okay, that's true. Okay, so you might really realize that it's very good that you have something that's overwhelming because now you have to turn to God. <laughs> does that make sense? It, it absolutely does. And, you know, Father, you were talking about that... Um is it Father Delindo? Who is the, the priest? Yes, right. Talk a little bit about that. You take care of it, prayer, because I know that's okay. Father, me a Father, lot. De, yeah, I'd be happy to talk about that because I really think that's very important. Uh, Jesus had told Louisa Picaretta that He is giving us His will to actually do on earth what the Father chooses in heaven if we will ask Him. This is something totally new. And Louisa died in 1947, so this has been in place. Since 1947, if, if the church finally confirms, which I think they should, because basically this is already in Ezekiel 36 chapter. It says, I will put my spirit in your hearts and make you keep the law. If you ask, of course, he won't do anything against our will because he honors us, he loves us, and love doesn't force. And so what the Father Delindo prayer is, a novena prayer, is that he's saying... <clears throat> Why do you worry about anything? Give the situation to me, and I'll take care of it. And then he gives ex explanations. Let me just get get that. Let me read one of them to you, and you can see what he, he's like. It's the explanations are, uh, you know, kind of things that. <clears throat> he explains what he means the first day for example why do you confuse yourselves by worrying leave the care of your affairs to me and everything will be peaceful I say to you in truth that every act of true blind complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations now this is God saying this, this is Jesus you know son of God, God, equal to the Father. He, everything he does happens. Nobody can stop God from doing what he says he's going to do. <laughs> That's why we're being restored into what we would have been if Adam and Eve had not sinned, because he doesn't let go of his decision. He made us to be without sin, and he has restored us to without sin if we let his will be our will. And so now he goes on with a little explanation. Surrender to me does not mean to fret, to be upset, to lose hope, nor does it mean offering me a worried prayer, asking me to follow you and change your worry into prayer. <laughs> it is against this surrender, deeply against it, to worry, to be nervous, to desire to think about the consequences of anything. Once you've given it to Jesus, he said he would do it, he'll do it. Don't try to figure out how he's going to do it or what he's going to do <laughs> you know that's you trying to control it 
as he says, it's like a confusion that children feel when they ask their mother to see to their needs and then they try to take care of those needs for themselves. So they get in their childlike efforts, they get in their mother's way. In my childlike effort, which is a very childlike thing, I did it in the womb, I got in your my mother's way. And I got in my own way, too. <laughs> and I messed the whole thing up for 85 years. <laughs> Not quite as, as drastic, because after 40 years, I knew I said that in the woman, I renounced the decision. So the Lord could give me then people to heal my mother wounds, which he did do as soon as I made that decision. But once I was healed a lot, you know, now this other thing could come up because sometimes it's just one thing after another, you know. If we get a little healed, we get stronger, and then we can face more of the issues that have been unhealed. And Susie's, So they'll start to surface. In fact, Susie is saying Luke 12.31, but she didn't tell us what Luke 12.31 is. So you might know that off the top of your head, Father. I'll look it up for you, but she just is chiming in. As a did I use Luke 12.31? I didn't remember I said that. But in my notes, I probably will be able to understand it if I see the context in which I used it. Yes, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll look it up. You, know. you didn't. What is it, Ian? Do you have it in front no, of you? I don't no, I do Okay, it. we'll look it up, Father, for us uh, Catholics here that I are studying Isaiah the Bible. I used Isaiah 11. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't have Luke down here, I don't think. No. Yes. Unless I just said it off the cuff. Yes. No. But, Father, continue uh, with what you were talking about, the um, Jesus surrender. take care of it, Navina, because that's so beautiful. We'll look up Luke 12:31, and we'll... As soon as we have it, we'll, <laughs> we'll try okay. to put the pieces but you, you, together. You, you get the uh, point of the, of the uh, Novena prayer that you would like me to say that the Novena each day, it ends up this way. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything ten times. Why do you have to say it ten times, Father? I've heard a lot of people that give me a hard time about why do I have to say the Hail Mary ten times for the rose? Well, why do we have to say the Hail Mary ten times? That's you know? what they ask. <laughs> Repetition is, is the mother of, of, of transformation. We have to get into our brain. Yes. You know, because we're so used to taking these, doing these things ourselves that it takes quite a lot of exercise to uh, train the brain in a different way. For example... Aren't we used to taking a responsibility for each of those concerns that we have? And yet many of them, in fact all of them really, can't be done without God's help. <laughs> yes. So just to even rely on the gift of counsel or rely on the gift of fortitude or strength, which we'll deal with next, those, those are gifts that we really need because we can't really live without sin without God's help. Amen. Amen. And, and so we really need to be turned to God. Yes. And Tom, you have the quote, the scriptural passage. Go ahead. Could you read it? Luke 12, 31 is, No, set your hearts on his kingdom, and these other things will be given to you as well. Huh. Oh, isn't it beautiful? Very beautiful. <laughs> Very beautiful. Your, in other words, if you turn to really letting God be God and accepting everything, everything will be given to you as well. Amen. It's like that's like uh, Solomon, isn't it? He chose wisdom, and because he chose wisdom, God gave him all the other things. Now he messed up after he forgot his own principles, <laughs> but so he messed up, 
just as all of us alone you know if we forget God we're gonna mess up and he really uh, messed up so much that it brought division into the tribes of Israel Aww. ten tribes were separated from Judah Yes, Father, and so that's all the time we have. Could you, it was a beautiful show, and I just want to thank you so much and ask you, can you please give us your priestly blessing? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon all the listeners and everybody and remain forever and give us wisdom and counsel through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. That's all the time we have. You've been listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.